I am so excited about this. I want to welcome you to the Purpose Project Podcast. During our time together, I will teach you how to pray, how to intentionally develop intimacy with your Creator, and challenge you to discover and embrace your God-ordained purposes. I am your host, Margie Florent. My prayer for you today is that you will be empowered and strengthened in the Word of God to move forward into your destiny. Thank you for joining me again today. We're going to continue on our study on how to develop the habit of secret prayer. We found out that what we basically just need to do is just get started. So number one, we need to decide on a time that works best for you where you will not be interrupted. So decide on a time that works best for you in your lifestyle, a time when you know that you will not be interrupted. Now for me, morning is usually the best time. And like I've been sharing with you in these teachings, I'm teaching you by example what I've experienced, but what I've experienced may not be what's best for you because you are your own unique self. So you need to decide and determine what works best for you. So for me, the morning generally works. Number two, find a spot in your home that you can call your prayer closet. Um, You can go into a literal closet, shut a literal door, you could put headphones on, you could close your eyes and, 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 and get into the presence of God that way. You could find a place in your home, it could be the corner of a room, it could be a chair. Just find a spot where you dedicate that place to your time to be with Jesus. You know, I've heard people say, well, I, I pray in my car, and, I'm, and, I, and, I'm not, and I know people pray in their car. I pray a lot, and I pray in my car, and I pray without ceasing at times, pray in the grocery store. But this is a different kind of focus. We're talking about time alone with Jesus. So while praying in your car may be your prayer closet, let me ask you a question. Can you really focus in on Jesus? Can you really... Uh, uh, let go of all the distractions. So I just want you to think about that a bit. And if you do generally most of your praying in your car, just try to find a spot in your home where you can, yes, devote it to God, where you don't have to think about turning on your, your signal, you don't have to think about breaking, where you could only think about focusing in on one thing, and that is on God at the Father or the Lord Jesus Christ. So number three... This is where we left off in our last teaching. We said, begin where you are in developing this habit of prayer. Begin where you are. So I would encourage you to begin with 15 minutes. We don't want to jump in and start developing a habit of prayer and we say, okay, I heard a message on prayer and now I'm going to pray for two hours a day. Well, if you can do it, God bless you. But I would encourage you to begin with 15 minutes. Begin where you are. And the Bible says, and the Lord will perfect that which concerns you. So you begin with 15 minutes, but over time and practice, you will find yourself praying for 15 minutes, and then you don't want to leave that place of prayer. So now you're praying 20 minutes, and then maybe the next day you're praying 25, and then 30. We said that prayer goes from sacrifice to joy, from a desire to a discipline and to a delight. The definition for sacrifice is the surrender of something, a loss incurred in selling something below its value. And so 
there's nothing more valuable than our time with God. And the thing that's, that we're losing that's of lesser value is really the things of this world that really don't matter in the, in the, in the light of eternity. Now, Jesus said to Brother Hagen, Kenneth E. Hagen one time, he said, if my people would just give up the toys of the senses, I would give them the riches of the Spirit. The Bible says, blessed are those that hunger and thirst after righteousness. They will be filled and they will be satisfied. The things of this earth and the things of this world and the toys of the senses, so to speak, will not fill the hunger that's in your heart. The way that hunger is filled in your heart is by becoming more deeply and intimately acquainted with your creator. God created you to fellowship with him. God longs for you to know him. And my friend, he is not hiding. When you seek him, he will open up his heart to you. He will reveal himself to you. But what we need to do and what we're teaching about in this, these sessions is we're teaching you how to position yourself to see more into his heart. Where, where you can position yourself where, yes, you are going to become more, be, become a lot closer to God than you are right now. So prayer goes from sacrifice to a joy. Sacrifice to a joy. So it starts out as a sacrifice, but as you continue in prayer, what happens is it becomes a joy. The Bible says in Psalm 16, 11 says, in his presence is fullness of joy. So when you spend time with God, you know, you're giving up some of the natural things of this world, but you find that you have more joy in your life. You find that, that you're a lot happier in life. The Bible says in Isaiah 56, 7, I will make them joyful, where? In my house of prayer. So a praying Christian is really a happy Christian. And the more you spend time with God, the more you will experience the joy of the Lord, which is one of the fruit of the spirit that you received when you got born again. So if you've lost your joy and you need more joy in your life, this is the remedy. You will go into the presence of God and you will experience more joy. And the Bible says, and the joy of the Lord is your strength. So you have more joy coming to you as a result of secret prayer. And then as a result, you have more strength. Okay. So prayer goes from sacrifice to joy, from a desire to a discipline to a delight. Now, you have a desire to be close to God, but you have to do something about it. Hello? God's created each and every one of us with a longing and a desire to know him. But we have to do something about it. It's just like a person who has a desire to get in physical shape. You know, and that may be you. You have a desire to get in phys physical shape. Well, we all, you know, want to be healthy. And I think most of us want to be in good physical shape. We can have a desire to do and to want to be in physical shape. But we have to do something about it. Are you listening? We have to do something about it. It's one thing to have a desire for something. It's another thing to have the desire and not do anything about it. Or it's another thing to have the desire and say, I'm going to do something with the desire that I have. And so that's where discipline comes in. Comes in. Prayer goes from sacrifice to a joy, from a desire, okay, you've got a desire, then to a discipline. That word discipline means training expected to produce specific character or pattern of behavior. 
to train by instruction or practice. So you have a desire, but you need to discipline yourself. You need to discipline yourself to pray. Are you listening? Meaning you have to do something with the desire that you have. It's the same thing with physical exercise. And I like to uh, compare the practice of spiritual exercise with physical exercise. It's the same thing with physical exercise. You know, if we're going to be in shape, we have to discipline ourselves and we have to make up our minds that we are going to go to the gym. And anybody that's worked out for any length or period of time, we all know that we don't always feel like doing it, but we make ourselves do it. It is a discipline. It's a decision. I am going to discipline myself because I want my body to look and feel a certain way. And so in order to produce the end result, I have to discipline myself, get myself in the gym, get on that treadmill, treadmill and lift those weights. Okay, now the same thing holds true in your spiritual development. It's the same exact thing. You see yourself where you want to be as a Christian and you want to be strong and you want to be close to God and you want to be like that minister that seems to know God so well. Well, my friends, you have to discipline yourself. In other words, you have to take action. You've got to do something about it because these things are not just going to fall on you, you know, like apples falling from a tree. Just, you know, be there at your lap. There is a discipline to prayer. And then it goes on to say that prayer goes from sacrifice to joy, from a desire to a discipline to a delight. So you've had the desire, you disciplined yourself, and now it becomes a delight. Well, what does that mean? Well, this is where it becomes fun. You know, praying can be fun. Amen. Once you experience the presence of God, and once you experience the joy of the Lord, and you experience Him communicating with Him, and you find yourself changing because you're, you're spending time with Him, it really does become fun, and it becomes something that you look forward to, and that you crave. Again, getting back to the, to the analogy of physical exercise, you know, after a while, you discipline yourself to exercise, and, and after a while, it, be, it did, really does come become a delight. I know for me, like I like to work out five, six days a week, and if I've missed two days in a row, what happens is my body starts to crave exercise. You can, I can actually feel my body, you know, wanting me to go into the gym and train, which is a complete miracle because in the beginning when I first started working out, that's not what my body was saying to me. But when you've disciplined yourself to pray or to work out and you've disciplined yourself to go into the gym, you, it becomes a lifestyle and a habit. And if you don't do it, you miss it and you crave it. Are you listening to me? So the same thing holds true with your prayer life. Eventually, it becomes a delight. And if you've missed a couple of days with God, you know, you crave it. And it's not because you pray because it's of works. You're praying because it's a relationship with God. And, and if you don't spend that intimate time alone with Him, you miss Him, so to speak. I know the Bible says, uh, God said, I will never leave you and I will never forsake you. I am with you always. So it's not like he's left or we're missing him because he's left. It's what you're missing is when you don't spend time with him, when you've had a lifestyle of prayer is you miss him. You miss the intimacy. You miss the closeness. You miss that, that connection that you experience when you are alone with him. Okay. 
Now, we said begin with 15 minutes. I can't encourage you to do that enough. If you, but what is the goal, Margie? What, what should be the primary goal? Well, the primary goal should really be one hour a day. One hour with God in secret prayer. But begin with 15 minutes so you don't get discouraged. Okay? Now, again, getting back to the analogy of exercise, after I had my three kids... First of all, before I got pregnant with the three kids, I was in the best shape of my life, really was. Then I got pregnant with the, the twins, and what happened is they put me on bed rest, and by the time I had the twins, and then had Jacqueline shortly thereafter, because all three of them were born in one year, quite a miracle, I might say, I was, after the birth of Jacqueline especially, I was in the worst shape of my life. I was used to going to the gym before I got pregnant, and I'd bench press you know, 55 pounds, and I'd get on that treadmill, and I'd, I'd, I was able to, I had all the endurance in the world, and I would work on that treadmill for 45 minutes, and I was just, just going for it. But after I had those kids, I was in the worst shape of my life. So I made a decision. I want you to say with me, I'm going to make a decision, okay? I made a decision. I have a desire to get back in shape. I know it's going to take a discipline. Now I've just got to get up and get myself back into a gym. Now in those days we had the gym in our, in our house because I couldn't get out because the kids were little. But when I started to work out again, instead of being discouraged and upset that I wasn't where I used to be, I decided I am going to begin where I am and not be so hard on myself. I knew what I wanted to become. I wanted to be in shape. I wanted to be physically fit. But I had to begin where I was, otherwise I would have become discouraged, or I could have even hurt myself. So I got back in the gym, and for the only thing I could do in the beginning was that life cycle on level one for 15 minutes. Now, coming from doing all the the, the, the Stairmaster for 45 and lifting all those weights starting out at 15 minutes could have been quite discouraging. But I knew where I was headed because I had vision and I had focus and I was determined I was not going to quit. Now the same thing holds true spiritually. You have to be determined, you have to see where you're going, and you have to make a decision. You're not going to quit. You're going to pursue God, you're going to come to know and understand Him, and you're going to let that be your quest. So I started out with 15 minutes in the gym. And at the point where I am at today, and now that the kids are like 19, 20 years old, now I could go into the gym and because of practice and perseverance and dedication and discipline and setting my face like a flint and going when I didn't feel like going, now I can bench press 80 pounds. Well, that's pretty good for a girl who's 55 years old and weighs 120 pounds. If anybody can bench press 80 pounds for somebody my age, that's pretty good. But why did you say all that? I said all that to say this. It's the same thing spiritually. You have to begin where you are and just keep pressing into God and keep working at it, so to speak. And eventually you'll find yourself in a place spiritually that you, that you will find that you have grown exceedingly, abundantly, above all, you could have ever asked, hoped, dreamed, or desired. I never would have believed that I could ever bench press 80 pounds. But you know what, my friend? All things are possible to him who believes. All things are possible 
to the person who pursues God and makes a decision, they're going to make prayer the priority of their day. So begin with 15 minutes. Number four, begin by stirring yourself up. Begin by stirring yourself up. Now remember what we said. You find a quiet place. You set the time. You find a quiet place. You begin where you are. And number four is begin by stirring yourself up. And again, I like to compare it to physical exercise. It's like, you know, you make a decision, you're going to exercise. And basically, half the battle is getting to the gym, okay? You know, and so you get to the gym, and then you get on that treadmill, and you start warming up. You start warming up. You start warming up. And as you're warming up, you're making a mental decision. I am going to exercise today. And it kind of sets in motion, you know, you know, the workout of that day. Or you may start your exercise, your physical exercise, by stretching. You know, you're, you're just getting yourself centered and you're getting yourself focused for your, your workout. The same thing holds true in your spiritual life. You have to begin by stirring yourself up. What do you mean by stirring yourself up? Getting mentally prepared. Saying to yourself, I am going to seek God. There's something about getting mentally prepared. You begin by stirring yourself up. Isaiah 64, 7 says, and this is out of the Amplified, and no one calls on your name, and I like the way the Amplified says this, and awakens and bestirs himself to take a hold of you. So you've entered into your prayer closet, and you're stirring yourself up, and what you're doing is, in a sense, spiritually, you are going in and you're taking a hold of God and you're saying, I'm going to seek you today. James 4, 2. You're drawing nigh unto God and you're grabbing a hold of his heart and you're seeking his face. The Bible says deep calls unto deep and the deepest part of you is stirring yourself up and you're taking a hold of God and you're pulling on him. How do you stir yourself up? Okay, there's three ways I'm going to give you today. Are you ready? Through the use of praying the scriptures, or praying in tongues, or through the use of singing the scriptures, or singing in tongues, or just music. Okay? The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 14, 15, what is it then? Well, what is it? What shall I do? How am I going to get into the presence of God? How am I going to stir myself up? The Apostle Paul said, I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with words I understand. I will sing with the Spirit. I will sing with words I understand. First of all, I want you to notice he said, I will to do it. It's an act of your will. You're saying, yes, I will pray. I am, by an act of my will, I am going to seek God today at this certain time. I will say this for those of you who continue in prayer and develop in prayer, there will be times when the Holy Spirit himself, instead of you stirring yourself up to take a hold of him, there will be times in prayer where you'll sense the Holy Spirit stirring you up. And so when you go into prayer, you're already there. But that's a whole nother teaching. But the Apostle Paul said, I will pray with the Spirit. I will pray with my words that I understand. So. How do you stir yourself up? Number one, with words that you understand. So you're going into prayer and you're praying to God. And one of the ways you could stir yourself up to get mentally ready is by praying words you understand. You could take the Bible 
and you can pray the Bible. You can take scriptures out of the Bible and you can pray those scriptures. That's a way of stirring yourself up. If you're upset that day or you need peace or you're dealing with anxiety, you should Google words or go into your concordance and Google things on, on, on peace. And you, what you should do is you should take those scriptures on peace and the way you could stir yourself up is start to pray those scriptures out. Here's an example. Father, I come to you today and I come in the name of Jesus because when we pray, we pray in the, to the Father in the name of Jesus. And just pray that scripture out. Father, I come to you and I today, this day is my daily bread. I need peace. So today, Father, I pray that the peace of God that passes all understanding would guard my heart and my mind in Jesus' name. And as you're praying those, that scripture out, you're stirring yourself up. You're focusing in on him, and that kind of prayer will produce peace in your life. Okay? So you can pray with words you understand. I want to encourage you, each and every one of you, you can talk to God about anything, and I mean anything. And you can cry out to God about anything. And when you pray, you can cry with God and talk to God. Don't be ashamed to go to God and just be yourself. Okay? You know, when Adam and Eve fell, the Bible says that they said that they were naked and they hid themselves. Well, we need to be naked before God spiritually. Listen, God knows everything about you anyway. You know, the Bible says in Psalms 139 that he discerns my thoughts from afar. So he's acquainted with me. So if he knows everything about you anyway, you might as well just humble yourself like the Bible says under the mighty hand of God and you might as well just tell him what you're thinking. But don't belabor the point if it's something negative. Find a scripture that meets your need for that day and pray those scriptures out and it will produce the fruit of whatever you are praying for. So you can pray with your understanding. Talk to God about everything. Remember we said concerning Moses that he, he had a friendship with God and that's what intimacy is. It's, it's a closeness. It's an intimacy where you can open up your heart and you can talk to God about anything. I talk to God about anything and everything. I talk to him like I would talk to my friend, like he's sitting right here with me. And sometimes I think if people ever heard me talking to myself, they'd think I'm a little nuts, but I'm not alone anyway, so I'm just acting like it's so anyway. I can't see Jesus anyway, but he's here with me. You who are in your prayer closet, when you pray, you don't see him physically with these eyes. But the Bible says, the Father says, I see you in secret. He sees you. Okay, so pray with your understanding. I would encourage you to just give your heart to God today. Open up your heart and don't be afraid of him. And just talk to him about anything and everything. Number two, pray in tongues. We do that a lot. I do that a lot. As a matter of fact, the Apostle Paul said, I thank my God, I speak in tongues more than you all. The Apostle Paul spent a lot of time praying in the Spirit. 1 Corinthians 14.2 says that when you pray in tongues or you pray in the Spirit, you're not speaking to, to man. You're speaking unto God and He understands you. For me personally, 
I do a lot of my stirring up. My stirring up comes through the use of praying in tongues. So when I set my heart to pray for me, I'm not saying this is for you, but for me. And you know what, to be honest, some days it's just different. But for the most part, for me, when I pray, and I pray in an unknown tongue, and I just start praying in tongues, and, 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 and I just start, it, it causes me to get more God conscious than I am outward conscious. And so the Apostle Paul said, I'm going to read you a scripture. I want to read this to you. Romans chapter 8, verse 26. It says here in verse 26, we're talking about stirring yourself up, remember? So how are we stirring ourselves up? Through words we understand and through the praying in tongues. It says in Romans 8, 26, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness. That's the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, that He helps us. Well, Margie, He's just helping you because you're a minister. No, God is no respecter of persons. He loves me the exact same way he loves you. He is no respecter of persons. Well, you just seem like you know God. You know what? There's heights and depths and breadths and lengths of knowing God. There's more to God to know for each and every one of us. But he loves us all the same. Okay? God has no favorites. So it says here, Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weakness when we don't know what we should pray for as we ought. That's all of us, each and every one of us. We all experience trials. We all experience, you know, times when we need God, when we need to pray about stuff. It says here, we don't know what we should pray as we ought, but we have help. See, we have help. I want you to say that with me. I want you to say, I have help. You're not alone. You have help. That's the beauty of prayer. You have help. And who do you have to help you? You have the Holy Spirit of God. He's been given to you to help you. Okay, especially to help us pray. It says, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. I'll explain it in a minute because this isn't a very modern translation. Now he who searches the hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit. Listen, because he makes intercession for the saints according to the will of God. And verse 28 says, And we know that all things work together to good, for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. So when you pray in tongues, what's happening is you are praying out the purpose the will and the plan of God for your life and for the situation that you are presenting before God. And the Holy Spirit is the one who is helping you do it. So you can stir yourself up by praying in the Spirit. And when you pray in the Spirit, you're hitting the target right on. You're not missing the mark. You're not missing anything. You know, yeah, you prayed everything you know to pray in English in your known language or whatever language, native language may be in your nation. But when you pray in the spirit, not only is praying in the spirit the universal language, but you're praying out the exact thing that you need to pray about for that situation. And it's a good way to stir yourself up. Number three, the right music will stir you up. Okay, not only the right music, 
But sometimes when I enter into prayer, I like to sing in tongues. Remember it said here, what is, what is going on here? Well, I'm going to pray with words I understand. And he said here also, I'm going to pray in words I don't understand or in the spirit. I don't know if you've ever been in a meeting where it was, it would be like a charismatic kind of a meeting and people were just singing in tongues and singing in tongues and singing in tongues. And it sounded like a beautiful orchestra and it's just beautiful. You know, that's when the Bible says, God says, I'm looking for people who would worship me in what's called spirit and truth. And, and you can use singing in tongues in your own private prayer time. You don't have to feel some force making you pray and sing in the spirit. You can stir yourself up yourself and you can sing in the spirit. The Bible says in Acts 2, somewhere 14-ish, it said that when the apostles were all filled with the Holy Spirit, they heard them speak with tongues and magnify and talk about the wonderful works of heaven. So praying in tongues and praying in the Spirit is a good way to get yourself stirred up as well as the right music. Number five, we're talking about how to develop the prayer habit. Number five, quiet your mind. Now just listen. Remember we've said in some of our other teachings, some things are better caught than taught. Quiet your mind and hook yourself up to the inside of you. Quiet your mind. I will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on me. You can quiet your mind. By an act of your will, you can stop thinking certain thoughts. In general, you can stop those racing thoughts that keep coming at your mind. You can so stop thoughts of anxiety. You can stop thoughts of fear. I've had issues at times in my life with anxiety, and I've had to battle it and deal with it. And what I learned about my thought life is, is I have the power over my thought life. And so when those thoughts of, of anxiety would come, basically I just started speaking to it. And I just started to say, stop it. Stop it. Stop it. And the more I said stop it, the more those thoughts just became less and less prominent. And as they are, if they arise again, I just say stop it. You have the power over your thought life. Okay? And the same thing holds true in the place of prayer. You'll enter into prayer, and if you're like me, your mind will be thinking about all kinds of things. Well, number five, and we're going to close here. Quiet your mind. Quiet it. Harness your mind. Bring it back and then hook yourself up to the inside. And this is the place where you become what I call centered and focused. What are you centered and focused on? You're centered and you're focused. Hebrews 12.2 on Jesus, who is the author and the finisher of your faith, who is the Alpha and the Omega, who knew you before you were formed in your mother's womb and knows you inside and out. You're focused on Jesus, who knows the plans he has for you and their plans to prosper you and not harm you. You're centered 
and you're focused on a God who wrote your script and wrote your destiny and knows everything about your future more than you know your past. You're centered and you're focused on him. Amen. So I would encourage you to practice quieting your mind and centering and focusing your thoughts on him. But we're going to close here. I have a lot more to teach you about how to develop the habit of prayer. And I want to take my time. As a matter of fact, as I was preparing for this part of the teaching, God said to me, he said to me, I want you to go slow. Go very, very slow and take your time. He said, the world needs to know how to pray. He said, people talk about prayer, but they don't know how to do it. Thank you for listening to the Purpose Project podcast. For more content, video, and teachings like this, visit margieflorent.org.